0: Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast video edition. We are rediscovering the ancient way here, and uh, man, <laughs> oh gosh. Part 12, is that right? 11, yeah. Holy cow, I've got to write that down. This gets so hard to track these, these episodes. We're in part 12 of rediscovering the ancient way, and what's the ancient way Today. Yahweh God has called out his people from among the nations. He wants to gather you. He wants to gather us. And he wants to move us from here to here. And until then, we are to move from here to there. We are journeying along what? The path to Zion, man. It is so ironic to me and for us here. Who knew, right? I had had no idea when we named this, you know, what, 14 months ago. That we'd be right here, in this age, in this culture, with with all of the stuff going on that's going on in this nation, it's remarkable. It's a it's an honor for any one of us to be here in this hour, to be a part, a component, man, a mere a mere speck in the in the awesome, incredible, eternal plan of the Father, that He's carrying out the perfection by His sovereign hand. It's an awesome privilege for us to be here, for our children to be here. For our grandchildren to be experiencing what I believe could be a great move of God among the church, free from the evangelical patriotic influence that has kept her down, that has kept her idolatrous, that has kept her under a hand of judgment from Yahweh in restraint because we have been mixed. We have been a people that we see all throughout the scriptures that he hates because we have entertained idolatry in our house. And he's saying, I want you so bad. <laughs> I, I, I want you so free. I'm going to stir you up. I'm going to bring judgment to your land. I'm going to allow your, your neighbors, who are the inhabitants of the land, because you aren't supposed to, I'm going to allow them to come to you, look at you, frustrate you, and run you off. And that's, that's the warning that, that concerns me the most, because patriotic Christians will not tolerate being run off. They will not tolerate being told no. They will not tolerate losing. Many godly men that I know will not tolerate that. That's not scriptural. That's not how God works with his people. Now, here's the the intricacy within that is, Nine times out of ten, the way Yahweh deals with his people is he brings them victory. He delivers their enemies into their hands. They are completely foolishly now, foolishly dependent upon their one true God to lead them through anything and everything. Dependent entirely. Not at all upon self, upon military prowess, upon preparation as a whole now. God moves the most, and he moves the best, if you will, through his people, throughout the text of the written word of God, when his people look like they have no hope, they have no other choice, they have no other options, they have no strength of their own to depend on, Yahweh says what? I've got this. And then, Then, ironically enough, then the inhabitants of the land say, Surely, Yahweh Elohim is with these people. Surely, those that are in the fire, their God will be our God. Surely, that guy down in the lion's den, man, he should have been eaten. He had no defenses. He had no ability of his own. He's alive. His God will become Our God, that is the biblical pattern, friend, and we had better get that through our minds in days ahead, or we're going to be kicking, screaming, and clawing to uphold a patriotic nation when Yahweh's saying, put it in the grave. Put it in the grave if you're coming out and you're going to go where I'm leading you. You cannot take it with you. (laughs) Oh boy, can we spend all day about the people of Israel, the children of Israel, and all of the... The taking of Egypt in their hearts. We got we to leave, and we've got to leave all of the mess behind with it. And so we talked a little bit about um, the ending here. This is the culmination, the conclusion, part 12 of inhabitants who are meant to sojourn, a call to come out, Hebrews chapter 11. And and the reason I'm convinced that, that the Father brought me here for this conclusion, now I knew this was going to be the conclusion um, nine days ago before i knew this series was going to become this long i knew the conclusion would be here i i was i was asking god like give me give me something that makes this come full circle to put a stamp and a seal upon this as as a clear word of what your 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 eternal scriptures are saying we do now how do i find a what now because we can't just say well Come out of the world. Come out of America. Stop being a patriot because a patriot a patriot has dual allegiances and we know that that's not tolerated by Yahweh. What now then? See ya. And so I, I'm convinced the Father gave me Hebrews chapter 11. And it goes back to what's interesting is back um, in, I think it's part five, when we first started talking about the wall of the U.S. Supreme Court covered with the friezes, the F-R-I-E-S-E, the, 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 the sculptures, the carvings, when, when, when I feel like the Father led me to those to be the perfect example on the wall of illustration of the gods and goddesses of this land, about how those cover now the, the literal house of law that comes out to the, to, the, to the states of this nation, the laws of the land, are overseen literally by the, the Exodus examples of carvings in stone. that Yahweh says, do not do that. Don't do the pillars and all these things that we have done in the district of the goddess Columbia. We have done those things. And so we literally disobeyed, and those images literally oversee every law of this land, of this nation. And so when I knew that that was a, a picture, if you will, of the idolatrous founding of this nation that our founding fathers did everything according to. And there's no argument to that. Secular history, just American history, everything says that that's just mere fact. The only ones that don't believe it is the Christian church, which is so odd to me. And so when I knew that that was the perfect illustration of the idolatry of this nation, within a couple days I went to Hebrews chapter 11. Because it's like, it's Yahweh's response to America's idolatry. Well, what is it? Okay, so, so we saw with the freeze, the freezes. <laughs> I hope I've not been saying that long, um, wrong all along. I don't claim to be perfect on this program, that's for sure. So, on the U.S. Supreme Court walls, we know that we saw what they called the, the, the 18 greatest lawgivers in history. We talked about the gods and goddesses that are beside them all. We talked about how uh, Muhammad is standing there holding the Quran. Now, my wife found that Moses, you know, you can. See, we talked about how Moses and Solomon is there, more of the example of mixing. Now, they're outnumbered, 16 to 2 now, so it's not even uh, an even mix. But Moses is holding one of the tablets, and she looked into and found that that it's only a certain amount of the commands, the latter commands, which many have like transcribed and explained away as being secular commands. There, the tablet Moses is holding, ironically enough, says nothing about you shall have no no gods before me. Well, we don't have that one visible. That's that's probably behind Muhammad's backside. Let's just be honest. So, and so when when I looked into that. I felt like the Lord led me to Hebrews chapter 11 because American patriotic founding wants to give you 18 of the greatest lawgivers of history as overseers of the ones who deliver you your, your laws and your liberties and your freedoms, and it all comes from them. We have established that crystal clear. The forefathers knew that they were what? Out of many? One. One. We talked about that. That's just not just about people in different states becoming one nation. Out of many, out of a pantheon of gods, we're creating one nation, okay? A pantheon of gods. We went through all of those. Go back if you haven't seen it. Holy cow, you're missing the whole point. Out of all of those, we're creating one law of the land, one nation from many, okay? And so Yahweh, in his... Awesome perfection assembled some individuals in Hebrews chapter 11. So we have the American patriotic heritage that says, out of the pantheon of gods, one land, one law, one governing authority in the law of the land through the spirit of liberty and freedom and justice for all. And Yahweh says, you know what? Why don't you go back? I've already given you the greatest. I've already given you the ones who are the greatest example. And guess what, man? It's not those 18 guys. Washington, Jefferson, Franklin, Adams, Mason, Mason, Mason. No, 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 guys. You've got it all wrong. Guess what? Your cornerstone stinks. Hebrews chapter 11. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the men of old gained approval. I mean the men of old now. Holy men, righteous men, godly men. They make those 18 individuals on the Supreme Court look like puny, weakling losers. By faith, verse 3, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous. God testifying about his gifts and through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. He was not found because God took him, for he obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to Yahweh. Without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. By faith, verse 7, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen in reverence, prepared an ark, For the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world, and he became an heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Please do not fade and miss this. If you're like me, you can tend to float off with scripture reading. Don't don't do it. Verse 8 of Hebrews 11. By faith Abraham, when he was called, he obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. He went out. He sojourned not knowing where he was going. By faith he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in, as in a foreign land. He was dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. Why? For he was looking for the city, which has foundations, whose architect and builder is Yahweh Elohim. By faith even Sarah herself received ability to conceive, even beyond the proper time of life, since she considered him faithful who had promised. All of these, we'll skip one verse. All of these died in faith without receiving the promises, but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For those who say such things make it clear, that they are seeking a country of their own. And if indeed, if they had been thinking of that country that they left, from which they went out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is a heavenly one. Therefore, because they desire a better country, a heavenly one, And because they made it clear they're not seeking a country that is here, but a country of their own that is yet before them, because of that, therefore, Yahweh is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. This is what we do. Again, take those 18 individuals on the U.S. Supreme Court wall and the gods and goddesses that are scattered about throughout each one of them. Put them beside the Hebrews 11 saints, friend, and you have a choice. You have a decision. If you want to be a patriot, you choose with the the individuals and the gods and goddesses of the law of this land that give you liberty, that give you freedom, and that have provided you the life that you think you deserve to live here. If you want to be a dweller, you serve these individuals, gods and goddesses and founding fathers with your loyalty and with your allegiance, and you will not be a set-apart, consecrated, holy nation, royal priesthood unto Yahweh. You will not and you cannot. You cannot be both. But if you want to look at that wall and if you want to say, I will no longer be a patriot, I will no longer be one who is loyal and allegiance and in saying whether you, oh, I don't say the pledge of allegiance. I'm talking about your heart now. If you will go down in flames for liberty, freedom, and national ideals, you will be prohibited from going on and journeying into what is yet before that these men, these individuals in Hebrews chapter 11, forsook in order to attain a country of their own. A country of their own. And the question is, is Christian patriotic evangelical America trying to make this a country of their own, but Yahweh Elohim has never placed His name upon her? America. He cannot. He will not. Because He does not share His throne of authority with any other God. And we have established firmly this nation is firmly founded upon ancient gods and goddesses and all of their law-giving principles that provide the nation inhabitants and dwellers their freedom, their liberty, their rights. And so, let's just look at this again, and then we're going to look at some of these individuals in measure to make this crystal clear. These individuals... The ones that that Yahweh himself chose to exalt to a place of a hall of fame, if you will, of men who were men who who got the kingdom, man. They understood the not yet reality. Abraham, the, the father of the nation of Yahweh now, He lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents, because he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. These, these ones who died in faith now, men of faith, They confessed that they were strangers. They confessed that they were exiles on the earth. And if they had been thinking of the country from which they had went out, they would have had an opportunity to return. So they didn't worry about, are we going to return? Why? Because they didn't even think about the country that they had been delivered out of. But as it is, verse 16, they desire a better country. That is a heavenly one. Do you desire a better country? Or do you love it here? Not today now. And that's 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 the beauty of the sovereign hand of Yahweh. Unless you come to a place where you hate this country, <laughs> You're going to love it so much here you will not leave her that's what we established back in the Genesis 26 principle with Isaac living a long time in Gerar wealthy, comfy great it says word for word he was Godall if that not if his ways would not have been frustrated he would never have left and so perfect sovereign Yahweh it's frustrating your ways, American Christian, so that you will move, so that you will leave, so that you will desire a better country. Please, desire a better country. If you do, if I do, if we can do this, if we can do this, Yahweh will not be ashamed to be called our Elohim. He will not be ashamed to call to be called our God. I think he's been ashamed. I know that hurts. That stings, man. I think he's been ashamed because we're trying to have a foot in America and a foot in the kingdom. Call him God. It's bringing him shame. It's bringing him embarrassment because it opposes his commands. But it's clear at the end of verse 16, he himself has prepared a city for those who are longing and desiring a better country. Some quick points and notes as we close the door on this. We're going to have to move fast. Abel, his offering was acceptable because it was his first fruits. Not merely because it was just what was left over on his own time frame, which many could arguably say, is the deal with Cain. Cain brought the sacrifice. He was more like, I'll get it to you when I feel like it. Abel was quick. First fruits. It was a better offering because it showed Yahweh that he was mindful that it was he who sustained him. He was okay to give the first fruit offering because he knew his sustenance would come from the Father. No earthly provision alone. His faith was above natural productivity and self-provision. Okay, we're setting a table about just, we're going to grab a few of these. Why would these have been eternalized, if you will, in the written scripture for us as men to emulate? Why? I'm making little points within individuals. Abel made it clear. I'm bringing him the first fruits of my life. I'm dependent upon him. Everything comes from him. Enoch. He was a prophet who saw what others did not see. He was never merely limited to natural kingdom thinking. He was the one who, man, he operated on a level that was stratosphere. He had kingdom perspective. Noah. Noah heard the word of the Lord and built a vessel for an escape from the judgment coming to the nations. He didn't fight it. He didn't... He listened to the word of the Lord. He knew the judgment was coming... He prepared a vessel of deliverance, of escape. He said, we got to get out of here. We've got to get out. Judgment is coming. It could not be stopped because it was too evil. And that hour is too far advanced in, in, in evil. The nations of men were vile. It said, everyone is evil. Continually against uh, towards evil. They had to escape. And guess what we're told? As in the days of Noah. Coincidence. No, no. There's a vehicle of deliverance. And it's what? By being a sojourner, looking and longing for a land like these Hebrews 11 individuals. Abraham, the original sojourner, easy. Sarah, she defied natural circumstances and conceived life because of her faith that make no sense according to natural understanding. No sense whatsoever. Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses... His entire life was living to establish the commands of Yahweh in an actual people. He denied himself entirely. We know the scripture. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He denied national recognition, comforts, and saying, Hey, God sent me here. I deserve all this. Where's my throne? No. He chose rather instead to endure ill treatment alongside the people of God instead of enjoying the temporary pleasures of sin in the kingdoms of men. He considered the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt not fearing the wrath of the king, for he persevered as though seeing him who is unseen. That's 24 through 27. Okay, some other ones. The Israelites in Jericho. No dependence upon natural strength or national identity. They did as Yahweh commanded, and he delivered all into their hands supernaturally. Hebrews 11 specifically. It clearly establishes a theme. Again, what, this is an answer now. This is an answer to what do we do. What do we do then, Joel? How do we come out? Now again, as I've already alluded to, this will practically look different for, for, for all of us. Practically speaking, it will look different. Years ago, we decided to begin taking measures of moving out, of leaving, of getting rid of, of, of media and our television and sports and movies and entertainments and, and getting what we want whenever we want it and, and just regurgitating things that we've been told. We're going to start questioning everything. We're going to leave behind traditions. We're going to leave behind all these things that make us feel good now we're gonna sojourn, we're gonna look ahead, we're gonna look ahead, we're gonna look ahead. It's going to look different for everyone because there's individuals that have not stepped out of patriotic American identity and are about to take their first step. And so obviously that step is going to look drastically different than someone who's been doing it for 15 years. It's going to be a different increment and a different place and that's why this text in Hebrews 11 is appropriate for all of us no matter where we are in the part of our journey of coming out. Because the, the here's the thing, right? The the end goal is the same, okay? And that's really the key to this. If the end game is the same, if if we can if we could go out in, in our vantage point, in our view, and we could go up like an arc and go over and put our eyes on Zion if we can put our eyes on New Jerusalem, if we can put our eyes on where Yahweh has placed his name, if we can put our eyes there, whether whether, we're, whether we could draw that ark out, whether we're here, 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 or just on our first, first footstep on the road, the journey to there, the path to there, it doesn't really matter because we're looking there. We're looking there. And remember what I said in a previous part of this series, what do you do when you see an individual driving along in their car and everybody's at a stoplight lined up and the guy on the left and the guy on the right are both doing this? And they're looking. You, you look. <laughs> you, that's so simple and elementary, but so true and also profound. You look. And so if we are Hebrews 11 individuals today leaving behind a country and not even thinking of it anymore because we're sojourners and not inhabitants, we're looking. We're looking, we're captivated, we're fascinated with the place where Yahweh placed His name. Because that's my home. That's where I'm going. And that's what these Hebrews 11 individuals did. Clearly defined for us. A clear theme of people sojourning. The ones marked to be remembered by all generations now in the written Word of God were clearly ones who were traveling through. Sojourners longing for a better country. One that could not be found here and now. It could not be found. Let's continue on, okay? We're still in uh, Hebrews 11. Because, man, this is so awesome. This is our hope. This is our hope. This is our hope. This is our hope. Our hope is not liberty. Our hope is not the Constitution. Our hope is not in the Bill of Rights, friends. Our hope is not in our rights to carry a firearm. Our hopes are not in these things, These things are going to go. These things are going to be taken from you. This will never be taken from us. This will never be taken from us. Ever. Verse 35 of Hebrews chapter 11. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Others were tortured, not accepting their release in order that they might obtain a better resurrection. What about that, patriot? We will never back down, set us free, maintain our liberties, give us our rights. These people were tortured, not even accepting their release or redemption in order that they might obtain a better resurrection. Verse 36, others experienced mockings, scourgings. Yes, chains and imprisonment they were stoned they were sawn in two man they were tempted they were put to death by the sword they went about in sheepskins and goatskins destitute afflicted ill-treated do we understand what this is saying these are the hero, heroes of the faith these are the these are heroes these are heroes these are heroes, these are heroes. The forefathers of this nation are not my heroes. These are heroes. Stoned, sawn into, put to death by the sword, wearing animal skins, destitute, afflicted, ill treated. Verse 38 Men of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. And all of these, having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised because God had provided something better for us so that apart from us, They should not be made perfect. Friends, do you understand what this is saying? We say we deserve, we deserve, we deserve, we deserve nothing. And we only have what we have because these men of whom the world was not worthy were sawn in two. Sojourners, travelers, they would not allow themselves themselves to be inhabitants of a land because they were longing for a better country. We have been deceived. If you want your heroes to be 1700 era presidents, then so be it. If you want Lady Liberty to bring your freedoms and rights, then so be it. If you want the Constitution to be your law, so be it. But I'm saying clearly, there is a call to come out to be like these ones here who the world was not worthy of. And they, they gained approval. In final closing, we have clearly shown that idolatry is in plain sight in the founding of this nation. Gods, goddesses, innumerable idols of stone. Much more, and we, again, we didn't even hardly cover a percentage. The foundation stone, the little literal cornerstone is Masonic and evil. No one would argue that. Nearly every inch of the geographical hub of the laws of of this nation in the District of Columbia is idolatrous. It's indisputable. No argument. There are enough public resources to establish this for anyone at all who is willing to see it. So what will you do? Christian evangelical patriot, what will you do? will you continue to fight for this nation and her agenda that is steeped in pagan idolatry? As the greatest lawgivers in history, who we clearly established are pagan and received their laws from the gods directly, as they literally oversee all of the laws that you have stood up to defend at all costs, your constitutional rights that were founded through the laws given in the temples of the gods, What will you do now? What will you do? Does this matter? I would say that when you stand up to defend this nation, demand your rights, cling to the Constitution as nearly equal to God's law, as you pledge allegiance, as you deify George Washington and those who were alongside him at the beginning, as we discussed how the the images in the rotunda of the Capitol building, again, ironically enough, Deify him on the ceiling. I would say that doing so is joining with ancient pagan idolatrous ways that this nation was clearly founded upon. Let me be bold. I would say if you identify as a patriot, you are clinging to the idolatrous ways of this nation's founding fathers. And the gods and goddesses that they claim gave them the powers to would state the laws that govern this land. You're calling on their power, their order, their law, principalities and powers now. This is not just all imagery. As we established, they called on ancient deities to exalt this nation to Babylonian greatness via freedom, liberty, and law. Again, at best, at best, it's mixed. Yahweh hates mixing. He will not share his throne with any other idol, period. As we already said, he has not placed his name here. Whether patriotic Americans have or not is entirely irrelevant. Will you come out? Will you be separate? This is a warning to the church. I'm no prophet. I'm no man with, a, with a, a status, a label. But I'm sure, I am sure that this is a call for the patriotic evangelical church to come out. A cutting away is coming for Yahweh's people. A cutting away is coming. It's coming. And and the church has two options now. She will either kick and scream and fight even more than she already has. And she will fall away because she will be disappointed that God would allow such atrocities in this nation. God would never allow these things to take place here. Friends, it's not true. He will allow it. He will orchestrate it. He will... He will put it in place for our good so that we will stop being inhabitants in this land. So you can come out now, church. You can come out now and be like the Hebrews 11 saints. Willingly, Father, I want to be like these men and women. I want to be like that. Or you can come out later, kicking and screaming. Or you can remain an inhabitant. You can do that. You can be a patriot to your grave. Standing up for this nation. Defending her in every turn. But you'll be a dweller. You'll be a dweller here. In a land of judgment. Judgment. In a land where judgment has come. And will be coming in, in heightened measure. And you will be led astray. You will go the way of the nations. It's that simple, friend. It's that simple. There's a choice before us. And it's, it, it's so simple. We, we've heard this our whole lives, and so we abuse it, mentally speaking, in our minds. When we hear it, it's just casual. But choose today whom you will serve. I know many people, myself included, who sing a song with great emotion. It says, we will not bow to the gods of men. We will worship the God of Israel. And the hard word about that is, that's just not been true. That's just not been true. And only the ones who are willing to admit that is as painful as it is, admit that that's true. That we've been lying about that in ignorance perhaps or in defiance, one or the other. (laughs) The church has got to go to her knees and repent of idolatry with her patriotic allegiance to this pagan nation. So friends, please, please, please don't breeze by this. If you've made it this far, what are we, part 12? If you've made it to here, surely the Lord's speaking something to you. Surely something. (laughs) The call to come out is clear. Set yourself to be. A Hebrews 11, faith, follower, seeking where Yahweh has placed his name. It's time to be a sojourner in a land we've been inhabiting since her inception. I think this is the generation that's going to leave her. This is the generation that's saying, you know what? No, this is not working. <laughs> this isn't working. We're going to respond like Isaac and we're going to leave. Isaac left the land where God had showed him favor. He left, friend. Let's let's be let's be like him. Let's be like him because when he left, man, he found he found the expansion that that God led him into, and Yahweh himself that very night, the scripture says, visited Isaac again. That very night. Yahweh's good. I think. The very night we come out, for those who are still in, and for those of us, all of us, who are still in, and don't even know wh- how what's left yet, when we come out, there's a visitation from the one true God that says, this man is one whom the world is not worthy. Let's be those people. You have been watching the Path to Zion podcast We're rediscovering the ancient way. And we're rediscovering that we have a jealous God who loves us like no other. And we will be a people who do whatever, whenever he asks of us. Visit us online at pathtozion.com. We got two years worth of, of messages there. Video episodes are on YouTube here. Audio episodes there. Again, two years worth now. Share this message. I can feel the heart of the Father in it. But we don't want to go by feelings. Study the Word of God. What's He saying? What's He saying to you? But You got to come out to hear all the noise and clamor of patriotic America is very loud, very loud. You might not hear the voice of your Father until you come out and Tune the radio a little to what the Spirit's saying. Would you do that, please? Send us an email at pathdesignpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We would love to get to know you. We would love your correction, your advice, your vantage point, your perspective, your struggles. We can pray for you. We'll come to where you are if we can do that. Seriously, you can come here. Let's help one another, man. Let's be the body of Messiah in an hour where she's actually going to have to come together like she never has before, as an identifiable chosen royal priesthood people, no longer steeped in the nations and kingdoms of men. Thank you for watching. Again, this is the Path to Zion podcast. Amen.